You are listening to The Right Collective, a music industry podcast that gives listeners an insight into how the music industry works through interviews with professionals, artists, and friends. Welcome back to The Right Collective with me, Joe Dallison. And on today's podcast, I'm joined by the very first band of the podcast. I'm joined by Sam and Carlos from Neon Islands. Welcome. Hello, hey, man. How you doing? I'm good, thank you. How about you? Yeah, really good, good man. thank you. Yeah, really excited about this week. It's a big week for us. Release on Friday. We'll chat about more like that on Friday on to that later on. Sorry, and um, so talk to me a bit about how you guys all met and how the band was formed. Uh, yeah, uh, so we met um, through ACM in Guildford, um, uh, and actually, um, Carlos got in touch with me when I was back at home in Cornwall looking for a housemate and it was desperate times because <laughs> it was like a month away from having to get a place. And um, and then we moved in and then I think, didn't you, Was it, it was gonna be you and another drummer, wasn't it? Yeah, because basically, well, just for the record, Sam uh, nearly declined my invitation <laughs> to live with me. Uh, Rubbish. Which I'm really bitter <laughs> about still uh, as of today. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, we, we moved in together and um, also with Nico, who I, also, uh, so Sam and I moved together and to the same house, also with Nico, because uh, I came from Spain with Nico. Uh, we came together. And then we arranged our rehearsal with Jamie, who was on bass, and we met him during Freshers' Week. Uh, but then there was another drummer who was going to come and play with us, but then he couldn't make it. Uh, so I was like, hey, Sam, mate, can you, do you mind playing these songs tomorrow with us? And he just came down to rehearsal. We jammed. We, it was cool. Uh, we, yeah, there was a good flow, and then we just kept it going. I think we played... Um, I think we played... Uh, what was it? Block party and editors. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> uh, we oh, we played a bit of Tame Impala. I oh, know that was the first ever meeting. Was block party and editors. Yeah, and then then Nico came on board, mm-hmm. and then we were like, oh, let's let's jam Tame Impala. And I think we I literally I think we played that for like five minutes. You couldn't sing because your voice was down after Freshers Week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I literally we were like, this is this is a bit boring. Should we just start writing and. And that was it. Yeah, that was and it. And now we're here. So <laughs> you, you sort of started off doing covers, but then literally straight away moved away from it and started yeah. doing... No, I mean, it, it, like, we, we didn't even... We, we, we were never a covers time band now. It, it was like one rehearsal just to meet each other yeah. and just to kind of make sure that we were on the same boat with, like, the music we liked. And it was literally one rehearsal and it was like, cool, let's just make our own songs. <laughs> and that <Yeah>. was it. <laughs> How were the early days like? Was it a bit of like feeding each other out, not in a weird way, but you know, like musically and then, you know, getting to know each other's strengths and weaknesses and then mm. moving forward from there? Or was it sort of like, okay, we'll just go, 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 go. I, I think we were, because we were so keen to like get on with stuff at the beginning, weren't we? Um, yeah. And even even at the beginning, we felt like, now looking back to it, I think we rushed a lot of things, uh, but we learned from it because we did our first EP when we, we hadn't been together for a year even. And mm. we did like our first EP, recorded it, mixed it, mastered it and did like a release show. Um, and then we realized it wasn't really the sound we wanted to go for. So we had to like take it all down yeah. um, and restart again. But I think it was a good learning process, wasn't it? Like, oh, yeah. Us. Yeah, I think it was one of those things where, I, I think as well when we, when we recorded it and mixed it and all that, everyone was learning. So um, I don't know. So everyone was just kind of like, I think everyone around us, who, even people who were mixing and mastering it, they were rushing just as much as we were. So I think it was all just a bit compiled together. Hmm. I think it was. I, th- I think what it was was when we when we did gigs, we wanted something to hand to people at the end yeah. of shows. That's yeah. all it was really. Yeah. I, mean, I didn't really think we. I mean, we play one song from that EP mm-hmm. now, every now and then, uh, so we didn't really touch upon it too much. Do you feel like that moved you backwards in a way, or do you f- do you think it's healthy to make sort of those mistakes and you know? I think it was it was good to make 
all of those mistakes, obviously we're still, we're still making mistakes, obviously yeah. we're still learning. And I think every single band in the world is still learning. Um, but um, I think it was good to make a lot of mistakes at the beginning uh, because we make them in a really safe environment. Uh, so people coming down to our shows were our friends really from uni and we were playing with each other, just getting to know each other. We were really good friends from the, from the start really. We became friends really quickly as well um, because three of us lived together and then we were like rehearsing every day and well not every day but like every week I mean uh, I'm playing a lot of gigs during the first few months so it was really cool to make all those mistakes at the beginning of it because it was a very safe environment I, th I feel like if we were making those mistakes now it would be really bad for us yeah. we made them all in like the first year so I think that was that was really positive actually where did the the name Neon Islands come from Sam came up with it <laughs> yeah yeah we we, well, we were obviously talking about band names and basically we the, we only came to that because we want to set up the social medias and all that stuff and Instagram was a bit later but it was mm. Facebook mainly and we're like well we, we need a name and I think over just WhatsApp group chats mm. and stuff we were just throwing out words it, was, it more became about words squashed together that we liked mm. and um, Neon came up and that was kind of a cool image and then and I just I don't know I, I, I typed in um, Neon Islands in Google and this cool picture came up on images and it's something to do with the chemicals in the sea and they actually it, the sea becomes like this blue neon color uh -huh. and I thought I love that imagery so yeah. I just thought that sounds cool and the guys yeah. loved it yeah and it kind of just went from there really and then I think there was something really cool with the name because uh, so you know we were like okay we agreed on the name and we went with it and we set up like Facebook and all of this all of these things and then we played even we played our first uh, first show um, under the name and then we met one day and we were like, okay, what does the name actually mean? Um, so we started brainstorming. I remember we were like in, in, spoons, in, in spoons in Guildford and um, we just came together and brainstormed what the name meant for all of us. And I think it was quite cool because for everyone it meant, it meant different things, but there was some common, uh, common elements of what we were saying and we hadn't discussed this before. Mm. Something that was pretty cool because the way we pictured the Neon Islands as a place, as a resort, which is what we like to explain it as, is like a place we want to take people to. Um, you know, gigs and with our music. So all the images we had in our, in our uh, minds were quite similar. Uh, so I think that was pretty cool. And we definitely felt that connection, I think, after that first meeting to talk about it. And I think that's why we decided to stick, stick with it because it meant something for all, for all of us without even having discussed it. I think that was pretty cool. I think for me, music is, as you said, bringing you to a different place. And it's, it's quite cool that your name reflects that and within the band members. But I haven't been able to see you live yet, but from listening to the music, I do get the, the gist that, you know, you're trying to take someone away and trying to take them to this, you know, neon island if, if you were. But is that something you consciously do in the music and how, how do you go about that, do you think? What do you mean as in like, how do we try to take people to places? Yeah. Um, I think it's mainly when we play live that we, I think you have to see our band live to understand the band and mm -hmm. to understand what the band is about. I think um, when people ask us, uh, what is our music like? One thing that I really like saying is, well, just come down to a show and check it out because it's hard to explain really um, what do we want to achieve with our music if you don't see it live. It's hard to understand. I can't explain it to you with words and all the concepts, but when you see it live and when you feel the energy that people feel at our gigs, then is when you really understand it. And this is something that came really naturally with us. We just connected very uh, in a very strong way from the very beginning of it. So like our live set was always super strong. And for us, it's been like, a matter of translating all that energy into the recording, yeah. which took us a while, didn't it? It, it was yeah. hard at the beginning, because at the beginning, the recording was just like, it was quite, it was not as energetic or not as, 
yeah, it was just not as cool as the live set. Like all the energy and all the emotions and feelings that people were having in our live sets, they were not having it when they were listening to a record. And I think now finally we got, we got to our point where like we actually translated it and it kind of reflects, one thing reflects the other quite well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's, that's how it happened. Mm. It's quite interesting because some bands struggle to get the recordings to be live and they really struggle to be live. It's, it's interesting that you're the other way around and I don't know what it's to do with, but am I, you know, when you go and see something live, it's like all these different senses and you can see something. But I, I also, you've, you've got a new video coming out, which we'll again chat about later when we talk about the release on Friday. But for you, for me, looking at your social media and everything, it's one creative process, which is, which is really exciting and really cool. And um, do you think it's important for a band nowadays to, you know, set themselves apart and be a whole package as opposed to just the music? Yeah, I think I, and that's getting tougher and tougher, I think, with technology and all the rest of it. I think I think it's not just enough to um, write cool songs and, and and be artistic in that way. I mean, uh, you know, another whole other art form is marketing itself, yeah. which could be maybe the greatest art form because it's, it's, a, whole, it's a whole game almost. Mm. Um, so, yeah, image comes with that. I mean, we didn't clock onto that till, what was it, like over a year ago now mm -hmm. when, we, when we played Coco. Mm. That was the moment where it was like, because when, when Real came out, Real and Heal came out at the same time, that was our kind of like, this is our, here's our sound. Um, and then the image and, and all that stuff came with it. And I think, yeah, it is, it, I, I think I, I think you do have to have it all, but not, I don't know, I hate, like not selling yourself too much. Yeah, I, guess. Mm, like, I mean, I hate the whole sold out thing. I'm not really, I don't believe in any of that. Um, yeah. You know, because who doesn't want to make money in, from something they love doing? Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I think I, th I think marketing is is a huge part of it all, really. I think it's all about reflecting really what what the band is about in different ways. So like, I don't I don't like you know I don't like to look at it like oh we make these songs and now we have to like make it market every, all the rest of it to match it. I think it all should come like at the same time. I think it's all so like we're expressing ourselves because this is why we do a band. I think at the end of the day that's why we write songs and and that's why we play together to express yeah. so, uh, to express things that we feel or things that we think are important. Talking about. Um, and I think as a band, you have the power to not only use songs to express all these things. So I think, you, you know, image uh, and, you know, in social media and live shows and videos, all of those sources of output from the band, those are opportunities for you to express yourself, really. Yeah. And uh, if you're expressing the same thing, it should like surely it should look similar because it's the same thing you're trying to um, express. If that yeah, makes sense. there should be some similarity or not. Yeah. Well, they should look and feel the same, I mm. think. Yeah. What? Uh, for anyone that hasn't heard your music or doesn't know you like personally or anything, how did you? How would you describe if they haven't heard it and they're gonna listen to it? How would you describe your music? You said it's quite hard to unless you listen to a show, but I think I mean if yeah, I mean the, definitely the best way to describe it is come down to a show and check us out. I think that's quite a statement in itself. Yeah. Um, but then if you are asking what what music do we listen to, then. I'd say we listened to a lot of alternative rock from the early 2000s. I think that's mm. fair to say. Uh, so I think you could expect it to sound a bit like that, but then also bear in mind that everyone in the band is from a different country around the world. So I think that's a big influence for us. Yeah. So like I'm Spanish, Sam is English, uh, Jamie is from Malta and Nico is half Argentinian, half Spanish. So obviously we all take influence from different places. And I think that's a, the cool concept as well about the Neon Islands is that we're all from different places and this Neon Islands is like where we come together. So like all of our musical influences are quite wide. Yeah. Um, me, for example, I, I listen to a lot of Spanish music. Like I was like raised, you know, listening to the Spanish radio. So like I listened to so much Spanish bands that you would have, wouldn't have heard of. 
yeah. uh, that influence me when I write songs. So like Sam listens maybe to like bands that I, I would never listen to and that influence his drum parts, you know, mm. and it, it's just like a, it all comes together and that's how we sound like. So that's why it's a bit hard to explain because we listen to, to the same, there's like three or four bands we all listen to, but then everyone listens to different stuff as well, uh -huh. I guess. Yeah, and I think, I think that, that might have changed if we was all from one country, I think. I mean, that, you know, I don't know if, 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 it, if it would make you stand out even more. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, think, I think me and Jamie tend to be into like the, the heavier stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but then, but, you know, but then, then be bands that we all, t like, like The Cure, like that's something that, that will come up. And it's like proper throwback bands that are still going, but they have such a huge legacy. I mean, we're huge fans of David Bowie. Uh-huh. Hmm. Um, but that's, um, you know, you've got to kind of rein some of that in because you can't go too weird. <laughs> like, <laughs> you go too abstract, you know, you know, how underground do you want to be? Yeah. It's really cool, the Bowie thing, because um, one of my favorite moments with this band is one moment that actually not many people know about. Mm. I mean, the people who know us. Uh, we did a Bowie show. Uh, it was the last year. Yeah, it was like a year ago, over a year ago now. Uh, so basically, it was like the anniversary of uh, Bowie's... Uh, it was like the, birth, the, like the birthday, wasn't it? Um, yeah. And um, obviously he was, uh, he had passed away already. Um, and we got asked by Ballroom uh, to do a bow, they were doing like a Bowie show, like a Bowie night. And we got asked to play uh, as a band songs by Bowie. So uh, we played like a short set, I think it was like four or five songs. And that to me was one of the turning points for me as a performer, because uh, I had to be David Bowie for yeah. like 20 minutes. Mm. And that to me was such a challenge. Obviously I was never gonna be David Bowie, but like, you know, I kind of like had to dress up a bit. Like we all kind of, dress up like him a bit, but like I was obviously the singer. So I was like dressing up, like I was trying to be Bowie and I actually learned so much from that experience. And then I actually started to listen to him way more. And I think we all got into him a bit more um, after we did that show. And since then I would say he's one of my, as a performer, cause I'm like a natural performer. That's like where I feel most comfortable. Yeah. Um, and I think performance is really, really important. I just, when I go to a show and this is like a guy singing and not doing anything, I don't know, it just, you have to be expressing something with your performance, I think. Yeah. To me, that's a big thing. And then having to do Bowie for like 20 minutes was one of the dreams, I think. <laughs> yeah, it was great fun. So, it was so good. Well, I think we should listen to some music. So this is your single? This is Luck. Yeah, Luck. So this is Neon Island's Luck.
that was luck by neon islands so looking individually at you know all of the band members when was your moments where you thought you know what i want to do music as a career and make a go of it uh sam do you want to go first? <laughs> uh yeah um i think i i i, I tend to ask my mum this because i don't ever remember like, i never had lessons playing drums so i just kind of um and my mum we went past the music shop and there was this glittery blue drum kit in the window. I was like, that looks like great fun. And all I did before that was was just like, um, get wooden spoons on the sofa and just hit that along to like adverts that would be on TV. Mm-hmm. And completely out of time and all the rest mm-hmm. of it. I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. Um, got it and it was just, it was weird, I was just able to play it. I was just able to, and it seemed to click. And I probably had like one lesson and the guy, I think the guy left, it was like my cousin's boyfriend at the time or something like that. And he had to go to uni. So I was like, I'll just do it on my own then. So. That kind of happened, and then I got obsessed um, with bands like Smashing Pumpkins, um, The Smiths, and stuff like that, and kind of, yeah, that was like, I started playing drums at 12. So, yeah, literally, I mean, I wasn't that great in school. So I think from from about, I'd say 13 onwards, I was like, yeah, this is all I care about. Like, yeah. it's not about, I don't really care what job I didn't, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not a career person as such, so I wouldn't strive to have an office job. I'd rather, be living as skint as we are and and, and, <laughs> and and trying to get somewhere, you know, with something you're passionate about. Yeah. But yeah, 13, let's say 13 onwards. How about for you, Carlos? I was, so obviously, because I was living in, in Spain, that's where I've lived my, for my whole life. And um, I think making a career in music, it's obviously hard anywhere, anywhere in the world, but uh, in Spain is like really, really hard because uh, the scene, especially for the type of music that I like, um, the scene is weighs more than, than here. And their demand is weighs more than, than in the UK. Also, the UK is the, the biggest market in, in Europe uh, for for this kind of music, I would say. Um, so when I was so I went to uni in Spain and everything. I did something else. I did an, a different degree, and you know I was just meant to get a normal job after that degree and everything. But um, but I had always been playing in bands when I was there. Um, that was always my passion, just writing songs. I was mainly I started playing music because I wanted to write songs. That was like that was my main my main thing. Um, before I started like actually playing guitar, it was more about writing songs. So like I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to even play guitar that well. But I was like writing my own songs and like trying to. Obviously they were really bad, but like I was just trying to write songs and express the, the things I was feeling when I was like 14 or whatever. You know, like all the adolescent stuff. Um, and then I went to uni. Uh, I kept doing my band back there. That's how I met Nico as well. So I was playing in a lot of bands, playing my songs, playing with other people. I discovered like indie music, and it was like you know it changed my life. I started dressing weird, and and all the rest of it. And um, and then I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna give it a proper go. Like I was never, I never really believed it until I came to the UK. So like when I was in Spain, I was like, all right, this is cool. I want to do this, but I think it's that hard. So like I'm not, I'm just not gonna try, uh, like actually try to make it. Um, but then when I came to UK, everything I think changed for me, and I realized that actually I could give it a proper go and and have a band and write songs and perform them and hopefully take them places. 
So which, which you're doing now. <laughs> <laughs> so when you all sit down to write, do you all sit down together or do you do you go off individually and come back with ideas and then mix and match? It, it changes a lot from song to song. It, like, uh-huh. um, there's not like established uh, process for us, I don't, I don't think. Um, sometimes, because, uh, well, ly- lyric-wise, like Sam writes a lot of, of lyrics and then he sends them to me. Uh, and then I just like... You know, sometimes I'm like struggling with the lyrics and and what well, I and just WhatsApp Sam like Sam I need a lyric for this like <laughs> and he sent it straight away like he's quite quick with that, um, and then I don't know sometimes I just like make a demo and and send it to the guys and then everyone changes it obviously and changes the parts and and then we come together to a room and and kind of like craft it together. Yeah. Sometimes it's we've done it from scratch in the room. Um, I think it changes like from from song to song really. I wouldn't say that more than two or three songs have happened in the same way. Uh-huh. Um, which I think is it's something cool. Obviously, everyone write, writes their own parts. And then in terms of like, um, obviously, I'm the singer, so I, I like to do like the melody of the voices. And so it suits my range. Um, yeah. And then obviously, lyrically, I need to understand what I'm singing about because otherwise it's a bit hard. Um, and yeah, I would say, I don't know. I, I can't really say there's an established process um, to write songs in, in this band, which is challenging sometimes, I think. But it's also quite interesting, I would say. Yeah, I mean, we even did stuff like when when me and Carlos lived together. It was, it, you know, he would knock on my door and be like, "Man, I need you to come and play drums on mm. my Mac," and I'd just be sitting there on the keyboard <laughs> hitting the drums. I mean, they'd sound awful because you can't get the dynamic or anything like that, obviously. Mm. But um, yeah, just ideas would spell like that. I mean, a lot of them changed so much. Funny thing was actually, I was because I sometimes film our gigs on my GoPro, and um, and we watch. I watched a gig um, of us at the Monarch uh, last year sometime, and luck was luck came on and. I got to show you that because the, the structure is so, so different. different. It's completely different, and um, it's, it's it, it blows my mind really when you when you when we how far that can jump from the initial demo that might have happened in your room, hmm. you know, or like or like if we're in rehearsal, we'll record on our phone. Yeah, and I mean half of that is so we don't forget it because because mm. stuff gets in the way, you know, like yeah. you know, we'll, especially with releases and stuff. You know, we, there's a song we're in the middle of writing at the minute, and. I think we've rehearsed it once or twice, mm-hmm. but because you have, you know, th- like luck, luck was out, and and now Edge is going to come out, and you know you have to focus on that for a little bit. So it's it's tough, it's tough. But we got like I said, these whole batch of songs done, so mm. then we can just sort of sit down and focus on promoting them a bit more. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think you know when you're writing, um, it, it might sound a bit chaotic when you explain it like this, because like there's four people in the band and. And there's a lot of ideas coming coming up. Like everyone's coming up with like different ideas when you like when you rehearse a song or like an idea of a song. Uh, but then I think at the end of the day, it, everything, at least it should come down to what's the song about and what is the song trying to express. And then everything, everyone in the band, write with that in mind. I think that's to me. I think that's the main thing. I think me personally, I've learned from like working with the band is like. You know, when when you're writing a song, it's very very important always to because it's very easy to get carried away when you're in a, in a rehearsal room playing all together. It's really easy to get carried away. Oh, this sounds cool. This this is really cool. This is exciting. But it's really important to bear in mind and always to have in mind what the song is about. And I think all the elements, all the little things in the song must reflect whatever the song is about. The message that you want to get across, or the story you wanna you wanna get across. I think that is the main songwriting kind of like lesson I've learned from. Mm. Me personally, from the last two years uh, of writing with a band, yeah. so everyone listened to what the song is about and where's the melody going, yeah. and everyone work around that. I think so that's sort of a backbone and then expand. Mm. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't think we've ever been in a band that's just made a song out of jamming. Yeah, mm. really a jam band, you know. We won't because really, like, I think Carl says it, it can get way too chaotic, and like I said, someone does one little riff, 
you're going to focus on that when actually it's, it's probably yeah it might not even end up being in the song at the end of it mm-hmm. um, so yeah I think it's about like the um, you know the voc- like the, like following the story if there mm-hmm. is a story or, or whatever the message is mm-hmm. um, yeah definitely and then I'm, I'm quite like I think I'm quite an old school guy in terms of like when it comes to uh, you know deciding what are the lyrics and what are the the, the, the melody and that I, I personally like to sit down in my room at night like very late and be like okay this is all the lyrics we have here this is what I've written this is what Sam sent me or whatever uh, this is the story this is the concept and now I sit down here and I don't stand up until I put it all together but mm. I, I still like to do it that way mm. if yeah. I'm going to have to sing it I need to like have that moment of it's quite like a, an intimate moment with the song and get to know the song and become friends with the song because you're going to have to sing it in every gig you know and yeah. me as a singer that's very important for me and I think that's quite an old school thing because I don't think that happened. Most people, well, a lot of people don't do that really anymore. And getting that intimacy with the, with the story, I think is very important. And I still do that. I've always done that when I've written songs since I'm like 13. Um, yeah, I'm not really like a guy who can go to a studio and, and do the lyrics at, on the go. It's just, mm. just I don't know. It's, it's not my thing, but yeah. it works for a lot of people. It doesn't work for, for yeah. me. But bef- before we start talking about your new release on Friday, I just wanted to ask a question that I ask all the all the artists and all the bands that all all the band so far <laughs> that has come on the podcast, and it's say you picture yourself that you've just won a major award like a Brit or a Grammy or something. What is the first thing you say in your acceptance speech? <laughs> oh, I love I it. I love this question. All the podcast episodes, and I should have thought about it. <laughs> should I? <laughs> I, we, we always joke in the band and say, because um, I, I tell the guys about there's a Stereophonics documentary. Uh, it was like 10 years of them, and they, I think they won a Brit. I think when they were going up to win the Brit, everyone booed them, because it was, it was like late 90s, and it was like All Saints, Spice Girls, yeah. and no one thought they were going to win. And, uh, and he gets up on stage and sort of says, you know, d- let's just be respectful, you know, get up there. And he says, oh, it's about time for some recognition. <laughs> and then walks off. And I, I love that. And I just kind of think, I, I, I mean, like, it's not, it's not the attitude I'd, I'd have. But I can see where that would have spurred from because I think with those types of bands, you, 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 we do everything ourselves. So, yeah, yeah I mean, and that, that stuff doesn't, you know, overnight success doesn't exist. You know, it's, it's that thing of you see things coming. If you're up for an award, it, you, it's kind of expected. Not that you're going to win, but yeah, we deserve to be here type thing. Yeah. Mm. But I don't know. I don't know if I'd be a bit pretentious and do a Matt Healy and <laughs> read, a, read a poem mm. or a quote or... I don't yeah. know. I don't know what I do. I would definitely use the opportunity to say something that really matters yeah. to me if I had the chance. Current to, topics. To, yeah, like, you know, I think, <clears throat> I'm, you know, sometimes when you, um, so I really believe in like counterculture and like the power of, uh, you know, independent music and underground scenes to change, to actually change people's minds yeah. um, in certain topics. Um, and I think I'm a bit tired of the whole as an artist, well, I was watching an interview the other day with a, with, a, with a Spanish artist that's really big in Spain. You wouldn't know of him. But like, he was saying something really... Like, I was like, man, you're so right. He was saying, basically, when artists do interviews nowadays, they can't say anything because people get offended so easily by everything. Absolutely everything offends yeah. everyone. Someone's going to get offended for, from like, whatever you say. This is what I'm saying now. If someone listens to it, they will get offended by what I'm going to say. But I'm so tired of that. And it seems like artists, we can't really stand for anything because... Obviously, you need to be politically incorrect because you want people to follow you on Instagram. You want all the acceptance on social media and everything. You want people to buy your tickets, your 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 music and everything, and you, to stream your music and to playlist it. 
and you're so scared like you might say something that's going to offend someone. Yeah. So if I won an award and I'm in that position where like it doesn't really matter what I say because I've won an award so I can say whatever, yeah. I would definitely use the opportunity to say something that I, that I believe in or something that I think is going to change people's minds in any topic that I think is important and relevant. Um, I think we, I think this is going to explode in soon enough. I think the whole political correctness, mm. um, yeah. it's boring and yeah. it's, it's, it's so like standard, like it's so standard, like everyone's just sharing the same things on Facebook, thinking the same way. Yeah. And, you, and, 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 and as artists, you sort of censor yourself and that's kind of not the point, is it? You, you know, need to be, able to, yeah. It's like, let's do what we want, but within, within, within yeah. our little box yeah. that we've been told to keep in. Um, yeah. yeah. Hopefully, would, hopefully yeah. that will break. That'd be great if it does break. Yeah. <laughs> I it. think it's really interesting that, you know, you said that people are too PC now, or not too PC because it's just, they, they feel, artists feel restricted, I feel like, from chatting yeah. to a, a, everyone that I know. But moving on to Edge, <laughs> which is going to be released on Friday. Yeah. So this this podcast will come out Wednesday, as it always does, and you know you can pre-save it on Spotify and iTunes and. Uh, yeah, the link is on our Instagram um, description. So and the Instagram is. Uh, neon underscore islands. I'll make sure to tag <laughs> you in all the posts as well, just so I don't forget that, or our viewers are quickly access to it. But what can we expect from this song? Right. So this song. Should I tell the story of the song, man? Yeah, yeah, sure. Right. So this song, I think, is the first song we've ever done. That tells her is like a fiction, like it's like a fiction story. Really. Yeah, uh, I think we've never done that before. No, and I, I personally, like, it's so cool. It's like it, it gives you so much um, opportunity to do whatever because the story is yours. You created the story. You can do whatever you want with it. Um, so basically, the the whole song was uh, inspired. We we did it like like a year ago now because I went to Berlin last year, uh, and I had never been there before. And I'm like I'm a history like freak, I love history and politics. Um, so obviously Berlin is the right place for it because there's so much history. Like yeah. in the last hundred years, they've had everything you could have as a country. Yeah. Um, like all the awful stuff, like and all the great stuff as well that could happen to a country has happened in, in Germany and Berlin is the capital city, obviously. Um, so I'm really into like the whole communist history because I find it really interesting and how that was like only 20 years ago, there was like a communist state in Germany. Um, I find that super interesting. Um, so when I came back, um, you know, I was just like, I had this idea of like a love story between um, a female Stasi agent and a, and a male defector who wanted to escape to the West. And basically it's all, it's all this fight between uh, love and politics and what is more important. And what if you disagree with someone completely, uh, but you're really in love with this person, what, what comes first? So there's this whole like fight between uh, the rationale really and, and your feelings. Um, and this is what Edge is about, really. It's a fiction story between a female Stasi agent in East Berlin and a defector. She finds out that he wants to escape to the West and something happens. And basically the whole story is like, the whole point of the story is like, her job is to kill him, obviously, because she's find out that he's a defector. And the question is like, will she kill him or not? Yeah. And that's the song about, that's what the song is about. What did you say or do when, when Carlos came to you with that concept? I, I I mean I I loved it because it's with with the lyric writing in the sense it's something I can't do it's it's a storytelling thing and I just haven't got that down um, <clears throat> I can't really get in the minds of two people that I've made up type of thing and Carlos is quite good at doing that and I kind I kind of liked it because I I'm just a sucker for anything quite epic uh -huh. and um 
and that kind of sums the song up in a way, doesn't it? I think the yeah, whole the story, the, the the like sonically, it's it's huge. Um, we might have gone a bit over the top in parts of it in in the recording, but no, it was great. I I, I love it, and I'm a sucker for all that stuff. So yeah. we were ready to tuck in, really. I've been lucky enough to hear the preview and also watch the preview of the music video, which yes. I can I can definitely say they are both epic. And <laughs> we're lucky enough to have a little preview on yeah. this podcast now. But yeah, I think that's everything yeah. that I wanted to chat about. Is there anything that you wanted to say or plug or anything? Um, just uh, well, a big shout out to Northco, which are the guys who did the, um, uh, the video. Well, they're, they're doing all of our music videos. Uh -huh. uh, so basically, we're releasing one song every six months. Oh, uh, sorry, six months. Every six weeks. Yeah. Uh, six months, that would be awful. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're releasing a song every six weeks. Um, we're obviously an independent band, and we're, we're doing, when we say we're doing everything ourselves, it's, it's kind of true, but obviously, we don't do the videos ourselves because that would be awful uh, as well. <laughs> so uh, we've got Northco, uh, which is basically uh, the Jack and Amber, the really good friends of us. Uh, and they're making our videos and they are the most hardworking people I think we've met mm. so far along the way in, in this industry. They came all the way to Berlin with us wow. uh, to mm. shoot the music video and stay there 48 hours, not sleeping and 48 hours just shooting yeah. nonstop uh, <coughs> under the rain at night, in the morning, early in the morning, traveling around, going to get props to like a really far away place. Um, anyway, we could tell you a million stories about this two days, but we, I guess we're not gonna get into that. But um, yeah, massive shout out to them. And uh, uh, and yeah, and to you for having us. Um, so okay, it's, yeah, been amazing. it's my pleasure. My pleasure, exactly. But without further ado, this is a sneak preview of Edge, your Neoline's new single. And go pre-save it on iTunes, Spotify, all that good stuff. Go follow them on Instagram as well. If you'd enjoyed this podcast, follow us on Instagram at the underscore right and score collective, or Facebook and Twitter at TRC Collective. And also, if you have any suggestions of people on the podcast or content you want, email us at trc.therightcollective at gmail.com. Again, thank you, and thank you too for coming on. I've enjoyed myself. I hope you have. Thank you very much. Thank man. you very much for having us. And playing us out, this is Edge by Neon Islands. See you next week. We Bye-bye. Our lips are seldom till the cracks appear and walls come tumbling.
Silence 